Hey, what's up, guys? This is Clint McGill, and very excited to be with you guys here today. And in this episode, we're going to be talking with Gary Rinal, the anti-Iceman. And I spoke with Gary about a year and a half ago for the Youth Baseball Summit, and I went and revisited our conversation here recently. Uh, my son, we're starting our 10U fall season, and for the first time, he's complaining about some elbow issues. And it's uh, one of those things that's kind of lingered for another week or two, and it's really kind of got me rattled. Like, hey, what do we got going on here? And uh, you get a lot of uh, suggestions. Everybody just kind of defaults to, hey, put some ice on it. And I just go back to my conversation with Gary. I'm like, man. That does not seem to be the way to do this anymore, right? So anyway, I think you're going to find this conversation very interesting. Gary works with uh, hundreds of teams, whether it's through college, uh, Major League Baseball. He works with just about all of them at this point in time. Um, so many different pitchers. Uh, he talks about you know the Corey Klubers, the Bowers, things like that. They're all using new techniques to heal their arms after they pitch. And uh, very, very fascinating. And uh, has a lot of articles that we'll link to you here as well. So I hope you enjoy it. But before we get started, we're going to share a recent testimonial that was emailed to me. My son and husband loved the videos. Chad was definitely one of those kids who could smash the ball at practice and lessons, but underperform at the games. He started the year off slow and struggling at the plate. Since we got the videos, he has gone 8 for 11 at the plate, one of those an inside the park home run, exclamation point. Your videos work. His confidence is through the roof. The Bulletproof Hitter videos were also a great bonding experience for he and his dad. Thanks for the help. So it is still so cool to get that feedback from parents. Thank you so much for sharing that in, taking the time to email that to me. Uh, always makes me feel good. And uh, if you have any questions on that, you can reach out to me. But without further ado, here's the conversation with Gary Rinal. Today I'm here with Gary Rinal, and Gary wrote the, uh, the book Iced, The Illusionary Treatment Option. And uh, Gary is a big pioneer in the anti-icing uh, realm or world, if you could say. And uh, he's, he's a big believer in not icing your arm after pitching and uh, has really been revolutionizing the way people are taking care of their arms. And uh, Gary, how are you doing here today? I'm spectacular. Good, good, good. You bet. And uh, anyway, I was telling my brother-in-law yesterday, he's been really excited about this convention. And he's like, so who are you talking with tomorrow? And I'm like, well, I'm Gary Rinal, And he's, you know, I gave him your background on anti-icing and everything. And he kind of does this recoil, right? And uh, he says, no, no ice. I'm like, yeah, that's that's his thing. And uh, he tells me, he says, well, I would like to know what are the best pitchers in baseball do with their arms? The guys whose arms are worth $100 million and, you know, the Cy Young winners, I mean, what are they doing with their arms? Are they icing? And so I was like, well, that's a question I'll ask Gary. So let me ask you that. Guys at the highest level. Well, let's start with who just won the Cy Young this year. Okay. Kluber. 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 If you listen to the interview that I did with him, you go online and just pull it up, or I guess you could pull it up and link it to this. Yeah, I can put a link in here. So I did an interview with him beginning of last season, and he says in the interview, I don't like ice, always makes my arm feel stiff. I've been using the Mark Pro muscle activation device for the past three big seasons. My arm feels the best it's got in my entire career. And, of course, this year he won the Cy Young Award. And so, so he's off the ice. He's not, he's not the only one, by the way. I have over 200 major league pitchers using my technique. Really? Okay. And, and if you go in, in sports and you look at any paradigm shift, you'll see how it goes. Couple, few dozen, boom. You hit that tipping point. Right. Well, guess what? Tipping point's here this year. I'm certain I, am certain I will go over 250 this year. 
and, the, and there are only 390. I was going to say, there's, what, 10, 12 guys on the staff? Yeah. About, about 13 <laughs> times 30, so that's, okay. that's about it. Almost got them all, yeah. So uh, when I hit that tipping point this year, like, I have entire teams now who all of the pitchers are doing this. Okay. Now, there are still some people who, who fall back on the ice and the muscle activation technique. So they're, they're like trapped in the old world and they can't get out. Right. But that's soon. That's soon passes. Uh, one of my head trainers, I, by the way, I have players from all 30 major league teams. And um, with that said, uh, throughout the minors, of course, and then with a couple hundred collegiate schools. Okay. Uh, wow. Uh, it, it's to a point now where you almost can't find someone not doing what I said. Now, okay. I say that, but, but I, I don't like the way I said that. But I always do it that way, so I can say I don't like the way I said that. Okay, all right. This isn't about me. Right. I'm a reporter. I simply read all the information, organized the facts, and then presented them. Now, you might say, well, okay, well, maybe your facts. No, they're not my facts. Right, okay. I took basic science and muscle physiology and said, how does the body recover? Or a better word is heal. Heal, okay. And, and here's the reason why. The people who sell things have latched onto this word recovery, and they've made it so corrupt, and I mean that word, corrupt. Okay. There are recovery creams, recovery gels, recovery shirts, recovery socks, recovery drinks, recovery bars. I'm going to scream if one more person comes up with a recovery product. Right, okay. Let's talk about what really has to happen. You have to heal. You throw a baseball and you damage tissue. That tissue has to heal. Not recover, it has to heal. Okay. So when you push it over to a real word like heal, and you don't see Madison Avenue stealing that word. Like, right. What are you going to do with it? Because the, the, the FDA, will, they, they'll stop them from saying Yeah, that's true. a big word. Right, yeah. Okay, so they don't say heal. So here's what happens when you heal. You have damaged tissue. Your immune system responds and sends the repair and cleanup crew to the site. For anybody that wants the big words, or in my book, or you can go on any of the things that I've written online for free, and you can get that, the big words. Okay. But it's the repair and cleanup crew okay. is brought to the site. And then the waste has to evacuate. So the good stuff has to come in, and the bad stuff has to go out. Okay. The muscles have to be stressed in such a way that they produce or release the myokines that drive or mediate that tissue regeneration process. Okay. And then you have to reorganize repair tissue. So there's three steps basically in the process, although there are four things that have to happen. The three steps are inflammation, repair, and remodeling. That's it. That's You can Google that. You can go any textbook, talk to anybody who ever took a class. There's three things. There's inflammation, repair, and remodeling. So inflammation is a part of the process then, as I understand it. It's correctly. a driving force. Okay, and so, so whenever we're trying to fight inflammation or swelling or whatever the case, get a new advisor. <laughs> okay, because we need that. That's, that's no, you don't need it. You can't get to step two without it. Okay. Okay. Inflammation has been given a bad name. You know who by who? Who's that? Good old pharmaceuticals. Uh, okay. Okay, because guess what they sell? Anti-inflammatory. Guess what anti-inflammatory drugs are forced to put on their warning label? What's that? If you use this drug, it will inhibit healing. 
Now, if you don't like that answer, it's okay. Uh-huh. Read my paper, Anti-Inflammatory. It's free online, Anti-Inflammatory. Put in my name, Rhino, R-E-I-N-L, Anti-Inflammatory. Pops right up. You know who my lead co-author in that article is? Who's that? The editor-in-chief of the Physician in Sports Medicine Journal. In my view, an ultra-conservative, old-line, almost 70-year-old orthopedic surgeon who is as regular as they come when it comes to I'm not going to do anything that we don't know is true. Right. Now, great guy, very innovative, but but he recognizes when something is wrong. Right. You don't block inflammation. Inflammation is, by the way, putting ice on damaged tissue doesn't block inflammation. Yeah, because I mean, it delays it. Yeah, because I remember, you know, whenever I played, I didn't pitch much. I pitched my senior year in college, and um, I had, you know. Yeah, just like any pitcher, I guess, my arm would hurt after I pitched. And I want to say the thinking was that you put something very cold on your elbow, and that causes your body to try to warm that spot up by flooding it with, with blood. I don't know. I mean, I basically just didn't even question it. You know what I mean? But uh, is that not correct thinking? I mean, is that not well, Of course, it's not up? correct thinking. Right. No, it doesn't speed anything up. It slows everything down. But my story about that is, so let me get this straight. I take my hands and I put them around your throat and I choke you really hard until you almost pass out there. I let go and I say, doesn't that feel better? Right. I and mean, when are we putting cold on your arm to do what? Because that constricts everything around there, I'm guessing. Right. It, it slows everything down. Okay. And why would you want to do that? Why would you want to slow down the movement of the nourishment and waste, repairing the cleanup crew to the damaged site? Why would you want to slow down the evacuation of the waste from the damaged site? So what was the thinking in the first place? Like what, I mean, I had trainers that told me to do this. I'm assuming they were educated. You know what I mean? I didn't check their credentials, but I'm assuming they had, uh, you know, the, their, their certifications and things like that, that they were recommending ice. Where, how long have we been icing, I guess? I hadn't even asked this question, you know, in my mind. You just kind of assume it's a staple. I mean, we've been doing this since the Greek Olympians, or when did we start icing? Well, pretty safe to say they didn't have ice in Greece. <laughs> okay, that's pretty safe. Okay. Okay, now. The, the, you used the word a, a few paragraphs ago that I got to go back and deal with. Yeah, let's do it. You said thinking. Okay, you couldn't have possibly have thought about this and continued to do it. Right. Okay, you had to just do it because you were told to do it. You couldn't possibly think about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. They had a big ice machine. You if you, it out, if you, you were did. to think about it, you'd say, now wait a minute. What's my intent? Okay. I'm trying to facilitate healing of the damaged tissue. So, how does it heal? We have to get nourishment in, we have to get waste out, you have to cause the muscle to produce the myokines that drive remediate the tissue regeneration process, and you have to reorganize the repaired tissue. So how possible? In any way, I'll give you anything you can come up with. How could that possibly happen by making the tissue cold? Yeah. No, I mean, I guess when you, I mean, it doesn't make sense. You know, we're just leaning Like on I said, there was no thinking involved. Blind, leading the blind, perhaps. And, and, uh, Actually, interesting what happened. Uh, a young woman of Everett Knowles, in fact, I spend the whole first chapter of my book explaining what happened, how this mess began. Okay. Young woman of Everett Knowles, back in 1962, 12, okay. 12 years old, hopped the freight train. And in celebration of finally having the courage to hop the freight train and ride it for 100 feet or so, he cheered for himself, and with that, he hit a stone button and ripped his arm right off. Ugh. Tore his arm off. Okay. He fell to the ground. He thought he broke his arm. He had no idea his arm was off. Uh-huh. He picked it up in his jacket, 
walked up the hill, some guys saw him from a factory, grabbed him and got him over to, to Mass General. Okay. And they got to Mass General, a young doctor, Ronald Malt, looked and said, you know what? They were fully intact on. You have a healthy 12-year-old. Let's do it. You know what to do it was? Reattach the severed body part. See, in 1962, that hadn't been done yet. Okay. So now, they're assembling the team to put this thing together. They're going to gonna sew it back on. And Ronald Maul gave an order. While we're figuring this out, put that arm on ice. Okay. And the myth began. That's why it's an illusionary treatment option. It has nothing to do with damaged tissue. It has to do with preventing a severed body part from rotting in room temperature. That's all it's for. Just think if you put meat in the in the in the store, yes. fish in the store, it's on ice. You know why? If you left it room temperature, it would rot. <laughs> right. So you gotta keep it cold. So he did a he did the right thing for that purpose. Well, now the surgery's over and they got his hand back on, they got his arm back on. And it makes worldwide news. And then the boy's released from the hospital and he wiggles his fingers. It makes worldwide news. Oh, you can use it afterwards? Good grief. Oh, it worked. It actually worked. The young man's still alive. Oh, wow. When I wrote my book four years ago, he was still alive. Okay, gotcha. So, and I think I would have heard if he died. Yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah. sure. <laughs> he's 12 years old, so he's 1950, so he's really not that he's old. He's probably alive. Yeah. Yeah, he's not that old. Though. Fine. But, so, <laughs> he's in Boston, Massachusetts, last night. Okay. So, here's the thing. You, you've got this news going out. Dr. Maul traveled the world teaching other doctors how to reattach a severed body part. Because remember, no one ever did it before, so you want to talk to the guy who did it. Okay, so he became world famous. Media wanted to ask the question, look, if this ever happens, what do we need to know? Right. Remain calm. Don't panic. Rest. Keep the severed body part out of the sun, out of the heat, ice. Use a tourniquet to prevent a bleed out with the intact part. That became compression. Keep the, the intact part above the heart to limit bleed. That became elevation. Okay. That is the most famous protocol in the world, the rice protocol. Okay, yeah, There's nothing more known. Every EMT, every nurse, Every athletic trainer, physical therapist, doctor, everybody learns rice is nice. So that's how that jumped from a kid with a severed body part to baseball pitchers icing yeah, their well, arms. So here's what happened with that. It's, it's, it's a crazy spot, but it, but it makes sense what happened. You see, something that had to do with preserving a severed body part and preventing a bleed out, to the public, to the media, easily converted. Oh, I heard if you cut your arm off, you should put, put ice on it. So you bump your knee, put ice on it. Right. And okay. you see it caught. And a rest, you know, keep it still, don't move it. That's completely wrong also. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing, 12 years later, 16 years later, when, uh, when the doc made up the rice protocol, his name is Gabe Merkin, Harvard-trained MD, board-certified in four medical professions, wonderful man, just absolutely delightful. I've been to his home a few times. He's just a great guy. Okay. Dr. Merkin made it up in his 1978 sports medicine book. He basically took what the public had converted 
and made it into something that rhymed. Rice is nice. Rest, ice, compression, elevation. And here's the thing. Merkin not only has admitted, publicly recanted, I made it up. I was wrong. Research has clearly shown. Don't do it. It delays healing. And then references how it causes additional damage. So that would be a big news. Right, yeah. <laughs> saying that the guy who made up the rice protocol, told you to put ice on, said, look, I made it up. Don't do it. I'm wrong. And, right. and it makes it worse. Uh-huh. He went on to write the foreword. You look right there. You'll see his name. He wrote the foreword to the second edition of my book. Really? So the guy who made up the Rice Protocol not only publicly recanted, he wrote the foreword to the anti-Iceman's book. This idea, not stretching it, calling it an idea, okay. is dead and gone. Now, there are still people who believe it, who don't know. Right. Well over a million people have heard this message now. I can tell you for sure that in, in professional athletics, there is no question I work with over 100 professional athletic teams. I can tell you no question there is less ice used today than when they met me seven years ago. And in many places, several places, let's not push names because with 100, it isn't many of 100. Right, I got But it's, it's dozens. There's virtually no ice at all. Because they realize what it does. Icing damages tissue, delays healing, increases swelling, causes additional damage, and shuts off the signals that alert you to harmful movement, and you need movement to solve the problem. Right. Why in the world would you put ice on? I'll ask you a simple question. You roll your ankle, right? Begins to swell. Doctor ever tell you, therapist, trainer ever tell you, hey, keep still, keep some ice on it as needed. We'll take a look at it tomorrow, say you're doing a couple days, you know, maybe a week. We'll start doing some rehab, start getting function back. That's pretty much what you heard? Yeah. yeah. That's 100% wrong. Okay. Why in the world would you let it swell? Why? Why would you do that? Why would you let the Why would you let the fluid build up? Well, isn't that what the ice is for? Is supposed to be exact? I I rolled my ankle before. Most people have. You know what I mean? Where they tell you put ice on it, and I thought that was for the swelling. That's what I'm thinking. Well, that that's what again you're you're stretching that word thing. Thinking. So I'll I'll let you go with it, but you're stretching the word think. All right. Okay. How could putting ice on damaged tissue possibly cause the evacuation of swelling. So let me ask you this. So so let's talk about the arm, like whether it's the back of the shoulder or the elbow, wherever the typical pitcher hurts after he pitches. Um, it, so, so icing's out. So icing is not improving or speeding up their situation. It might numb the pain for a minute, right? That, that would probably be fair to say. Well, say it, that. It, it, it slows down everything. Right. And if you say, well, well, it takes the pain away. At what cost? Okay, if I said to you, okay, look, I make your pain go away, but I'm going to delay healing, I'm going to increase swelling, I'm going to cause additional damage, and I'm going to shut off the signals to alert you to harmful movement, you need movement to solve the problem. Are you going to make that trade? That's a trade I'm not making. Right, right. To yeah, me, speed is a, the, the recovery. You just want your arm to feel better as fast as possible. Without hurting it. Yeah. So you don't want to numb the pain so you can't feel the movement. So I, I tell you, that I'm going to shut up the signal so you don't harmful movement, but I tell you move your arm so, so, it can, so it can recover, so it can heal. But then I say to you, but make sure you don't hurt yourself while you're moving. And you say, but you just made it numb with the ice, so I can't tell if what I'm doing is hurting you. Oh, right. So no, you don't want to do that. But see, the problem is much bigger than that. 
when you look at what you're trying to do, when you say, well, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to have the tissue heal? Okay, you want it to heal and then possibly adapt. So in, in sports, it's in sports training, it's called adaptation. Okay. So you train, you break down, you heal, and then you grow, you become stronger. When's the last time you heard anybody talking about getting stronger as the result of the activity? They're, oh, recovery, I gotta do recovery. Wait, stop. Your goal is not to recover. Mm -hmm. Your goal is to actually become stronger as the result of the stress you placed upon your body. Right. And they've been talking about getting stronger anymore in that world. You go over to the strength world, to the strength and conditioning people, that's all they talk about, adaptation. Okay. You talk to a pitcher, they're like, oh, we'll recover. What do I cover? What does that even mean? Oh, you know, I want to feel good again. Wouldn't you want to be stronger from the work that you just did? Right, of course. Well, then why aren't you working on that? So what do we do? So if, if a pitcher just goes out and throws 100 pitches, you know, on a Monday, um, you, you talk about uh, movement. Is that just a guy going out and running some poles for a couple of days? or what's, what I guess kind of if movement? you're going to run with your arms. <laughs> So what do you recommend? What are the guys like Corey Kluber and these guys doing? Well, they're all using what's called the Mach Pro. Okay. They said there's over 100, uh, over 200 major league pitchers using Mach Pro. Players from all 30 teams. Okay. What is that guy? What, well, I'm sorry. What is the Mark Pro? Oh, uh, the Mark Pro is a is a muscle recovery device. Okay. And it's very simple. It, uh, basically, it sends an electrical signal from the machine to your muscle and causes, to, causes it to activate some sort of... So you put a couple of pads on your, pads your elbow on, or something like that? And then over your elbow or your shoulder. But by the way, on a lot of people, their biggest problem is the opposing lower back. So say you're a right-hander okay. and, and you throw the ball. When you plant your foot and push off, it's the back, the lower back of the opposite side. And when I found that out, I, of course, I didn't know it because I don't know that much about pitching. I, I know enough to say that Godfrey is a good pitcher, but I don't know if it's any good or not. Okay. And if it goes 103 miles an hour, I figure that's fast. Right. But I don't know anything about it, okay? Mm -hmm. But I do know this. If your lower back is chronically fatigued, sore, when you plant, it will alter your mechanics. You alter your mechanics at that level of torque, you're likely going to get hurt. Okay, right. So here's the thing. When you pitch, when you knew people who pitched, how many people do you know worried about recovery of their arm and shoulder? Everybody. Everybody, yeah. Okay? How many about their opposing lower back? That would be zero, I would say. Okay. See, <laughs> here's the big problem. Uh -huh. Because here's the link. As the torque and the force have gone up, and that lower back is now unstable because it's chronically fatigued, they have pain back there that prevents them from following through with their true mechanics, which can lead to an injury because it's going to alter the way you throw the ball. Because you don't pass, you don't stick, you don't hold. Right, okay. Okay, so here's the problem. Players don't view that as a relevant question. So what I do is I come up, and I take my hands, and I push them in your lower back, and I find a spot, and if you squirm, I say, what's that? I'm sore there, I'm sore there. Well, why are you sore there? I don't know. Well, when do you feel that? Well, when I push off. Okay, so let me ask you a question. If your shoulder was ever as sore to touch as your lower back is, would you report that to your trainers? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay, for now on, that's part of your shoulder. So you have to just change the anatomy. Right. I don't care what the textbooks call your shoulder. Mm -hmm. I'm now calling the lower back 
on the opposing side, that's now part of your shoulder. That's tired and sore, you report that to your trainers. And by the way, to, to, to active recover that area is simple. It's, all you do is put the pads above and below it, turn the machine on and run it for 45 minutes, 30 minutes, you'll be good to go. Is, is that a machine that uh, like trainers have to buy, or is that something no, that over the counter. It's an over the like, like I can buy it anyone and just use it? And, and anyone can figure out how to use it. Now, I've done a video that explains how to use it. Uh, that's, it you, you get a link to it. I'll put it in the... Uh, we'll get the link for yeah, you. Yeah. You don't need the video, but you can watch it if you want. Right. Here's what you have to do. Can you point to what's tired and sore? I'm asking you. Can you point to what's tired and yes, sore? Yes, I can. I can okay. that. Can you find the most dense area of the muscle that's connected to that area? I think I can do that. Pretty good. I'll go give you a two-inch mix. Okay. So you're yeah. going to put a pad over the, in the middle of the most dense area of the muscle you're trying to activate. Now you have to get the muscle in a neutral position. Okay? So if you were going to do, say, your shoulder, you'd want to get like this, put a pillow between your arm and your torso, and have your arm kind of parallel to the floor so the weight of your arm's not hanging down like this. It's not being pulled on. I okay? Got All right. So you get like this, and you turn it on, and you activate the muscle. If the muscle that's tired and sore isn't activated, turn the machine off and move it accordingly. That's it. That's all the, that's all the anatomy and physiology you need to understand. That's it. You activate the muscle that's tired and sore. Where do you put the pad? In the, air, in the center of the most dense area of that muscle. So these guys, these guys that you work with in the major leagues, is this something that they're doing uh, just after they pitch, or is it like all, all of their off days? I mean, is that what's, I what's advise, the protocol? I, I advise to do it every day. Okay. To me, if I'm paying, if I'm getting paid a couple hundred thousand dollars a game for a baseball, right? I am going to take care of whatever's involved in that every day of my entire career. There will never be a day that I would miss caring for what allows me to make that much money throwing a baseball. Right. Okay. Well, why wouldn't you do it every day? What about the off season every day? How long? Well, if you throw 100 pitches, you would use it longer right. than if we're just an off day in, in, in the middle of the winter. Mm -hmm. But still, you use it every day. And what happens is when you, you get in the habit of anything, by the way, anything, you look up the rules of habits, you get in the habit of doing it every day, it's not part of your routine. Mm -hmm. Like, I brush my teeth every morning, every night, and very often in the middle of the day after lunch. Why? Because I got taught that and I do that. Right. And I don't have to think about it. I don't say, oh, I have to brush my teeth. It's like, I'm brushing my teeth. Oh, I have to go to bed. I'm going to brush my teeth. Right. Okay, get Mark Pro in your habit so that you are doing it as something that you rely on as part of your care of your own body. And to me, it's more important for a pitcher to get the habit so that they never miss than to say, well, I only use it when I need to. Oh, I hate that one. Because if you wait till you need to, it's too late. You already feel it. We've got a problem. So, um, so that muscle activation is what helps clear out clear out the waste, right? Am I understanding that correctly? Yes. Okay. So uh, muscle activation. There, 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 just to be accurate, right? What happens is when the muscle contracts, that tension around the lymphatic vessels. There's some 165,000 miles or so of lymphatic vessels in an average sized person. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they're superficial, intermediate, and deep, and everywhere in between. When the muscle contracts around the vessel, it, in effect, pushes it up a notch. It milks the cow backwards. Okay. And then that empty chamber has a negative pressure that pulls the waste out of the interstitial space that then fills and then pushes. So you milk the cow backwards. 
So okay. it, it's it's the muscle compressing the lymphatic vessel that moves the waste. So so let's say if somebody didn't have one of these uh, devices or whatever, and they you know they've got a 12 year old son, 15 year old son, something like that that they're wanting to just you know they don't want to ice, but they don't know what to do. Is just like massage, like some sort of foam roller. Is that still the same effect, or no. I'm, I'm assuming it's not it's no. effective, maybe, but no, and it's, not even the same animal. It's a great question you're asking there, and there's more to it than you asked. So I'm going to add a little yeah, yeah, question. Yeah. There are two categories: recovery and training. Okay. All right. Little fuzzy in the middle, but there's two. It is either recovery, the tissue is healing. Or it is training, the tissue is being broken down. Gotcha. All right. Okay. So you go on a foam roller. What's the intent? Find your bad spots and break them up, right? That can't possibly be recovery then, could it? If the nature of the of the activity is to cause damage. Okay, I'm with you. That can't possibly be recovery. Now, is it low level training? It is, it is, mm -hmm. but it can't be recovery. And so if you say, Well, I'm gonna get a massage, well, what's the massage gonna do again? It's going to find spots that are tired and sore and or that, that, that have adhesions, and they're going to try to break them up. That can't possibly be recovery. That it has to be training because so it's not training. No, that is. If you look at the two categories, okay. you're either healing or you're destroying. Because I would have pictured that as like moving it through the lymphatic system. Sure, or if you find someone who's a really good uh, lymphatic massager, I believe they can move it a little. Uh -huh. But let's just look at reality. There's superficial, intermediate, and deep lymphatic vessels, and everything in between. They move by squeezing around them. Okay? Now, to create the tension around the vessel, high enough, to get a high enough tension around the vessel, to milk that waste through the lymphatics is really hard to do manually. Okay. Now, could it be done? Probably on some of the superficial vessels. I would imagine if you could get to the deep vessels, which I don't think you could with your hands. The little Billy who's 15 and just pitched and his arm's sore, his mom's not going to be able to, uh, <laughs> to, to rub that, that uh, no. lymphatic or waste through there, apparently. No. Okay. no. And, and in fact, I'm confident, I've talked to enough massage therapists, that unless you are really trained in lymphatic massage, you're not going. Right. And and then they would even admit to you. Like, I've, I've talked to a couple dozen. Mm -hmm. You know, just in the reality of what I do, you can't really move waste through your lymphatic vessels by massaging to any significant level compared to activating the muscle regionally. Okay. So you compare it to, uh, to uh, say, riding a bike, a stationary bike, mm -hmm. or, or uh, doing upper body ergometer. To where you're actually yeah, I was going to say, if you were like doing some sort of weightlifting that was lightweight, that was activated muscle without tearing it up, would work. that would be that would that, be that would work. Okay. Now the problem with that is you have to keep it light enough to get the activation without becoming training, so that you stay in recovery. So it's almost like you, no weights if you were to do some sort of an no, arm exercise. That's that, 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 that <laughs> not enough tension. Uh, okay. So, see, that's why something like the Mark Pro works so well because it has an intensity dial where you can increase it and decrease it. And I have a simple rule. You use your brain never, never cause pain. Okay. So you increase it enough to get the movement, but not so much as to get the training. We're not trying to train. Right. We're trying to recover. Right. So we're recovering or destroying. What are you doing? Well, I'm recovering. Okay, well, then don't make it so hard. Okay. And when you try to do it, I guess I, back in the 
the day, I don't know when, the 60s or 70s, when someone started running the polls. Right. But it's not a bad idea. If you're running on your arms, it would work a lot better. Right. If your arms are kind of moving, I guess. You know, yeah. Then there's a little bit. And yeah. And there is some gravi gravitational force pulling down, so your arm is contracting a little. But what an inefficient way to do things. To me, I, that's like if I came to you and said, I've got this great new way to shovel snow. Virtually no risk of a heart attack. Practically no chance you could ever hurt your back. Okay. Okay? I mean, almost no way. Now, the problem is it's going to take a really, really long time to shovel snow uh -huh. because it, what we did was we, we took a kitchen spatula and we converted it into a snow shovel. Okay. <laughs> Would it work? Yeah. You bet. Yeah. The chance of a heart attack are basically zero. Yeah. You're probably never going to hurt your back doing it. Right. But it'll take you the right next, you know, the snow will melt by the time you have to shovel. Gotcha. So I gotcha. you have to look and say, what, what am I trying to do and can I do it efficiently? I want to do it well. By the way, you could shovel snow well with a stat slot. Right. But not very efficient. Is it the best thing to do? And, 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 but see, I could make it sound good, couldn't I? Hey, heard a guy's having a heart attack shoveling snow, right? Right. All right. Heart in the back shoveling snow, right? Right. We've completely eliminated that risk. Wow, I want to try that. Okay, I hand you a kitchen spatula. You'd go, well, what do I do with this? Go shovel the snow. Uh -huh. See, well, I told you the truth, didn't I? Right. I took care of the two big problems, but I kind of made another one. So you tell me you're going to run the polls, and I'm going, ah. It's like, I see what you're trying to do there, but that's just. Uh, it's like shoveling the you're snow. Gonna spend an hour, yeah, you're going to spend an hour on something that, you know. Right. You, you, you really want to waste that energy. When I can say, okay, it's just my delta, it's just my trap. Mm -hmm. And I can put the activation on just the spot you say. It's just my right arm. It's just my lower back or my opposing side. Uh, I have a, several pictures who have reported me. And by several, uh, at, at the number I'm counting out, it's dozens. Okay. Uh, who tell me that it's not their arm at all. It's their legs. And I'm, it never crossed my mind. In my original conversations with, with, the, with the major league, with the trainers, no one ever said to me, it's the pitcher's legs. Okay. But when you started managing your shoulder issue, so it didn't build up anymore, so it wasn't a chronic tired, they started saying, well, you know, kind of thing down here bothers me too. And kind of like, oh, well, okay, because you got that under control, they start reporting. So you can feel it, yeah, you probably don't even, not even register. The, the legs are very grown. Back in our, our interview I did with Dan Straley from Marlins, yeah. uh, Dan said, my arm doesn't get tired so. No, my arm at all, my hips. I was like, really? And I mean, I had it on tape, so again, you can link that interview. Yeah. And you say, huh? He says, my arm doesn't get tired. Mm -hmm. It's not his arm. And if you listen to the interview with Corey Kluber, what Corey says is that, uh, you know, when I go to throw the next day, I don't have to waste the first 20 pitches or so warming up, so I'm already there. Mm -hmm. What is that worth? You, you talk, what? 20 pitches times how many outings? Right. If I said to you, if I came to you and you were a pitcher and I said, hey, I have a way that you can throw 500 less pitches this year. That'd be substantial, right? Okay, yeah. well, guess what? Corey just said I did that. Right. And you go, wow, that's really cool. We see people like Corey have brought things through. You know, there is a, a whole new category of um, education, of understanding. Uh, I'll call it sports science, mm -hmm. not my name, that's kind of what it's being called. 
And I guess it makes sense to call it sports. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not against that. I'm just saying I, it's kind of a new thing to most word, people. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're looking at stuff really seriously. And they're saying, look, you know, uh, I can tell you when that guy is not going to be able to throw the ball at the same speed he threw the last 30 pitches. I can do that. Well, because I can see from his actions that you know, his foot is, I'm making up the number, four degrees lower, and his kick is one hundredth of a second slower. Two pitches from now, he won't be able to hit the plate anymore. Right. Boom. They get it. Yeah. Because they have enough data now, there's enough information where they can really see stuff happen, and they can predict. Well, with that, you can start to say, well, so what's causing that? Yeah, baseball has really, I think, made a change over the last decade or so with, um, you know, 10 years ago, just somebody doing the shift on a pole hitter, putting the shortstop on the other end of the, uh, you know, I think Joe Madden was doing it. People were saying, this guy's trying to reinvent baseball. And it was just very close-minded. And we've kind of come to the point where uh, baseball is like maybe one of the most innovative sports now, where you look at the Astros, just won the World Series, and uh, the Dodgers, who are there also, are very innovative. They don't let their pitchers typically go. Um, three times through the rotation or uh, through the lineup, you know what I mean? They'll pull them a little bit early, which they'll catch flack for, but their data shows that that's, you know, batting averages increase and things like that. And so, you know, we're being able to measure or we're actually trying to measure things more. And it sounds like recovery is no different. And guys are taking, um, you know, taking institutional stuff like icing and other training techniques and challenging those and finding out that, wait, there might be a better way. So, uh, it's very interesting. Well, but, I'm going to stretch that one. Yeah. Not a better way because that isn't the way. That's an illusionary treatment option. So very often people will say to me, what do you believe? Like, Stop what I believe. I don't believe anything. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm a reporter. I'm reporting the facts. This is just what you found, right? And then when you say, here are the facts, now, I was actually asked to do a, a presentation to a, a American uh, the, um, Athletic Trainers Association has state organizations. And one of the presidents called me and said, hey, will you come do a talk uh, on, uh, on your anti-icing message? I said, well, I don't have an anti-icing message, but, but I will come and- I'll share the facts you. I found. I'll, come yeah. and I'll give that to you. A few days later, he called me back and said, uh, oh, we have a little, uh, a little thing we need you to add to it. I said, you know what? You know, whatever you want. Uh-huh. He goes, we need you to present the other side. I said, no problem. What is it? Uh-huh. <laughs> and he right. said, well, you know, the other side, because, you know, you're saying not to use it, so why would you use it? I said, um, I can't think of a single reason that you would use it, but I'll tell you what, why don't you get whoever told you to tell me that, have them present before me, and I'll follow. I gotcha. They canceled my invitation. Oh, really? They canceled. <laughs> so we, we don't want you to come after all. Right. See, when you ask me to tell you the good of it, and there is no good of it, there's, there, there's, no, there's, by the way, there's no information in the literature saying it's the right thing to do. So you can't go, oh, no, here's an article that says, if you put this on, it prevents swelling. Well, no, we'd stop. First of all, you don't want to prevent swelling. Well, you don't want to prevent the fluid from coming to the area. Right. Swelling isn't a good or a bad thing. It's merely the accumulation of waste at the end of the inflammatory cycle that you have not yet evacuated. Okay. That's all it is. So don't get crazy about what it is. It's just there because you didn't evacuate it. When you evacuate it, it's not there anymore. Right. So here comes the question. 
how does it evacuate? How does it move? Mm-hmm. How does it go from being around your ankle to being gone? Well, there's only one way, it's through your lymphatic system. Mm-hmm. It's a passive system nearly fully relying upon muscle activation around the vessels to move the waist. If you don't activate the muscles around the vessels, the waist won't move. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, what's so complicated here? Activate the muscles around the vessels and the waist will move. It won't be there anymore, and there won't be a question about the swelling. Rather than saying, I'm going to try to block the swelling, mm-hmm. I want to get there. Okay, so there's a crash on the highway, right? Mm-hmm. And you are so smart that you're going to build a roadblock so the EMTs, firefighters, police, and tow trucks can't get to the crash site. Right. Doesn't that sound really dumb? (laughs) It does, yeah. Okay, so here's the thing. If you get the tow trucks in, you get the people helping, and you get the cars out of the way, and you get everything done, traffic starts to flow again, doesn't it? Yep. Okay, same thing here. Okay. All you do is activate the muscles around the vessels, and the waist will move, or in fact, the traffic will move. You get the traffic moving, and the body will heal. At the level that we're talking about in athletics, everybody here will heal. Everybody. Everyone. There are no exceptions. And by the way, if, if you have an injury that doesn't or won't heal, there's something wrong. Right. Okay? Because at this level, the reason that you're able to compete is because you can heal. Mm-hmm. If you if you someone that doesn't heal, you wouldn't have made it here. Right. So if you're here, you can heal. Now the question is, not can I speed up healing? Forget that nonsense. First of all, don't mess with that. Mm-hmm. If you think you're going to outsmart your immune system, your innate intelligence, and cause your body to heal faster than it's capable of doing, not me, you ain't doing that. Right. I'm not going that way. But I can tell you this for sure. I can slow down one. Right. So I might not be able to speed it up, but I can sure as heck slow it down. You want to know how? Ice. Well, yes. <laughs> Sit still. Okay. That'll slow it down. Sit still with a bag of ice on it. That'll really slow it down. Okay. Now, if you want to really mess things up, sit still with a bag of ice and take anti-inflammatory simultaneously. Uh, now okay. you really slow down healing. Interesting. Okay. And you go, well, that's what they do. Well, I know that's how come the guys I work with feel so quick. Right. Okay. That's why. That's why I have the reputation I have in the in the media. For example, if you did something simple, like went to my Twitter feed at the anti iceman and you went back to last December, you'd see there's a certificate, like an award there. You know who it's from? Who's that? That's from the President of the United States personal physical therapist, who invited me to walk to the White House to explain this to him. And you go, come on, you go to the White House to talk to the President of the United States personal physical therapist to talk about this? Right. You bet. You bet, because this matters. Right. Well, the proof is in the pudding. I mean, if you've got... The President of the United States, you've got Cy Young winners, you've got 200 pitchers, you know, the entire minor leagues going to this. Um, well, you know, wait, I'd say that there's, Wait, you, you know, skipped. You skipped a whole bunch. Who did I miss? Remember, I have over 100 professional athletic teams. <laughs> I have two-thirds of the NHL doing this. Okay. Two-thirds of NBA, two-thirds of the NFL, and a good portion, but I'm not even at the halfway mark, but a good portion of the uh, soccer, of Major League Soccer. Major League Soccer, okay. And then, besides that, elite training centers all over the country. Right. And then with that, uh, let's just call it the military. Okay. So I'm in places uh, giving this message. Like I said, over a million people have heard the message. Right. So we're at a spot now where if you want to argue with me, 
you're probably not going to do very good. <laughs> I mean, if we even do a remote fact-based argument, right. you're not going to do very good. But I'm going to start off as I do every presentation. And in this case, throwing it in now, I think, really works. If I could prove to you that the godfather of the Ice Age, the Harvard-trained MD, that invented the RICE protocol, rest, ice, compression, elevation, not only publicly recanted, but wrote the foreword to the anti-Iceman's book, would you at the least listen to me? Of course. Okay, well, of course that's true. That's now, fascinating. Now, on top of that, here we've got players from all 30 major league teams throughout the minors. Collegiate is on fire. I just came by, uh, from what day are we on Sunday, two days ago, uh, at the Major League Baseball Trainers Meeting, where I have an opportunity to meet with every trainer from all 30 teams. Right. So I just did that two days ago. They're all hearing the message, and I'm hearing back from them. And uh, it, it, uh, it's not up to me to to say who the big users are. Right. But I will tip this. The last several teams in the World Series for the last several years are some of my biggest users. Really? Okay. That I will tip to you. Yeah, well that that that's proof in the pudding right there. I mean, if they're doing it, they you know, they've got hundreds of millions of dollars on the line and if that's what how they're treating their uh, their their precious commodities, then um, you know, there's something to it. So do you have a website? What's something that we can? I'll, I'll put all the links into here. But what's a good good resource for you on Twitter? A great spot on me on Twitter is at the Annie Iceman. Okay. Where I continually post every new article on the topic. Okay. By the way, proving that you shouldn't put ice on downy tissue. Okay. So, <laughs> there is no other side. I got you. One has to come out and say, "Oh no, here, here's a good one." Here's what we found. Yeah. yeah. Well, there aren't any good ones, so you can right. forget that. There's only bad ones. Uh -huh. Uh, and then uh, Gary Reinhold, so it's my name, but you can put it up so they can say it, but it's R-E-I-N-L. Yeah, yeah, we'll have a link to it underneath here. Uh, so. GaryReinhold.com gets you to my website where the information is. And then if you just Google my name, Ice, all the stuff comes up. So right. uh, I have a, multiple free articles online. I have an article that uh, if you're at all clinical and you like to know stuff, you should read my article, um, Wasting Away in Margaritaville. Okay. Where I explain what happens if you sit still post-injury and allow the body to actually waste away. Uh, all the science is there. All the facts are there. It's called Wasting Away in Margaritaville. Um, my lead co-author in most of my papers is the editor-in-chief of the Physician Sports Medicine Journal. I don't release anything without him reviewing it and challenging me. Uh, and then I have two lawyers read all of my work before I put it out just to make sure I've created arguments that are defensible. Good. Well, yeah, we'll put links to all that in there. So it's just a fascinating uh, paradigm shift here. The anti-ice is just unbelievable to think about how much I iced my arm, and I didn't even—I didn't even have arm problems, but I probably iced a thousand times in my career. And to think that that's not right um, is is unbelievable. So I appreciate you coming on here. Gary. That was great. Yeah. Thanks for having yeah. Me. Thank you so much.